Welcome to The Dose of Caesar, the podcast that runs experiments, explores new ways of thinking, and talks to the most interesting people that I've met in my life. Today, I am honored to have a very special guest um, who I, I only met recently, but I'm very interested to learn more about her, to learn more about her travels. Um, her name is Lindsay Dukes. She is an entrepreneur, a content strategist, a storyteller, and so much more. She earned her Bachelor of Business Administration in Marketing from Texas State University. University. That's correct, right? Because I, mm-hmm. I don't want to. Yeah. I read this on your LinkedIn, and I thought I don't want to be saying the wrong things. No, um, in right. in the past, she has served as the director of communications for the travel company Under Thirty Experiences. She is currently the digital content strategist and lead storyteller at Blue Yonder, which is the world's leading supply chain platform using artificial intelligence and machine learning. She is also the co-founder of the travel company, The Medicine Connective. The Medicine Connective creates retreats that combine travel, adventure, breathwork, sound, movement, and human connection to help people connect more deeply with themselves and find the unique medicine that they bring to the world. She does a lot, and um, I'm just so happy that I met her kind of by chance. Lindsay, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. So honored to be here. (laughs) <laughs> um, so I, I wanted to begin where with our kind of like the topic of our first conversation, because we met at a podcasting event and I was just going around. Uh, there's a thing in Austin where people wear beautiful, gorgeous hats. And at this particular event, there was a lot of these gorgeous hats. And I told my friend, I'm just going to talk to all the people with the hats because I want to ask them questions. And um, I actually, I went up to you and the person you were with and we started talking about hats because you were wearing hats. And right now people listening can't see, but you're actually wearing a beautiful hat. Yes, indeed. So so I wanted to ask, um, when did you become a hat wearer? And do you take a hat with you when you travel or do you try to find a new one while abroad? Um. When did I become a hat wearer? I think probably at a very young age, just natural curls, um, which are great sometimes, but honestly, most of the time, not if you don't want to get up and like refresh and wash your hair every morning. And so it's like one morning you wake up to this beautiful hair and the next morning you wake up looking like Mufasa. And to be quite honest, the quick fix to that, slap a hat on, distract people from what's going on. <laughs> I feel like between a hat and glasses, everything else is masked. And so it's become my like, quick way of getting ready for meetings. <laughs> for interactions with like humans. Um, yeah, so that's why I wear, I wear hats. Um, I'll usually take one when I travel. Um, I don't often buy them from destinations and I I feel like I should, that's a great, Mm. that's a great point. Yeah. Yeah, I've ever thought about I, I, I don't know at what point I kind of stopped buying things. So unless something is like really calling to me when I travel, I usually don't go home with anything more than what I arrived with. Gotcha. 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 Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I've actually bought, I collect hats from around the world. I don't know why I just remembered this. They're on my wall, but they all have like special stories. Like I, Ah. like I fell in love in Thailand and we were wearing the same hat. Um, Ah. Yeah. And there, there was like, like a Cuba hat. And, um, and so, yeah, I was just wondering it, cause it, for me, they carry kind of memories, but I just, yes. um, and, and I don't wear one here in the United States. Cause like, and just so people know, these are like, not like a, not like a baseball cap. These are like, I don't know. How would you describe these hats? They're just, they're beautiful. They're, they're like stylish. Yeah. They're stylish. Yeah. They're style. You wear them to look better. I don't know. Yeah. I, 
and uh, yes, you told you, t- <laughs> you told me about that guy. His name's Trobador Customs. Yeah, Trobador Customs. Um, yeah. He's fantastic. We met him kind of on a whim. Um, my partner is super interested in his hats and he, my partner is also a storyteller in his own rights and a designer, total creative and yeah. found this guy, Ryan, who owns Trovador Customs and his whole platform is, um, like creating story through hat making. And so mm. he like hand crafts every single one of these hats according to that person and their story. And so the level of detail that go into these hats and like thought and intention is incredible. Um, I just have so much respect for any kind of artist or creative or individual period that puts that much intention into what they're doing. Mm, Yeah. These hats look incredible. If you, if people can find them on Instagram and I want one of these hats, but (laughs) I do too. I'm so, so you've, um, you know, you've, from what I gather, you've got like an incredible experience and career. I'm so jealous of your career, looking at what you've done and the companies that you work with, like <laughs> under 30 experiences and you've just been traveling. Um, that's kind of what yeah. I want to do, but on your Instagram bio, you have that you say you're a creator of alchemical travel experiences. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to ask you, what are alchemical travel experiences. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. Yeah, you totally are. So I think it's just another way of saying like transformative. So it's, I, Mm -hmm. I, the whole thing with medicine connected, we put more intention into our trips than just going abroad and meeting people. Um, We go with the intention of creating a transformative experience when people are taken out of there. I think you and I might've had this conversation. I can't remember, but hmm. when, when you're uprooted from your daily life, when you're uprooted from your normal community, the people that you're normally around, the routine that you're accustomed yes. to and placed somewhere else without even realizing it, you become so much more open and receptive to newness. And you're allowed to show up in whatever way you want, because there's no one around you expecting you to react a certain way. Right. And so it really allows you to dive deeper into who you actually are um, because there's no expectations around it, especially if you're traveling solo. Right. Yeah. So travel in that sense opens you up to leveling up into growing Mm. more into diving deeper into who you are. So just the travel environment itself is so conducive to growth. And so when you have that environment and that uh, platform, and you just sprinkle a little bit more intention on top of that. Um, it just creates this equation, this recipe for just like massive up levels. And so that's what we've kind of designed. So that's, yeah, the, the idea wow. behind the alchemical experiences. So creating actual alchemy. So like change within people. Oh, wow. That, yeah. You've described it so beautifully. I've never heard it said that way, but it like captures what I've gone through, through my study abroad. And it's interesting you're talking about intention because when I, I, when I went on my, uh, on my study abroad, I mean, the first one, like I was telling you earlier, it was kind of like, I didn't know what to expect. I just knew it was going to be an adventure. But when I look back, I've always had an intention of like, um, the first time I was like, 
my mission was to jump off a bun, uh, the, the world's tallest bungee jumping bridge in South Africa. And I was like, I'm going to go do this. Um, and little did I know, like, like you were, you're right. I, uh, because you're in such a new place, you can be really who you are because those expectations, the people who have expectations of you are not around. And I remember in South Africa, walking into a uh, restaurant on my own. And I was like, I'm just going to do this on my own. I'm going to pretend I'm the most interesting man in the world. And it's a fancy restaurant and I'm wearing, I'm wearing like khakis and I look like such a traveler, but this is the look I'm going for. And I sat down and it was one of the most incredible dinners. And, and so it felt so good. I was like, oh, I can be whoever I want. Maybe this yeah. is who I am. Yes. And there was this old man sitting in front of me with his wife. Like he was, he was looking at, he just kept staring at me. And I was like, what's going on? And he stopped my waiter and he was, I could hear him. I heard him. He's like, who is that guy? <laughs> I was like, oh, I look interesting. And then my waiter yes. came up to ask me, awesome. what do you do? What do you do here? But, you know, and then in, in China, because this, this goes to what you were talking about. Um, um, I had the intention of being somebody I was never, I had never been, which is the guy who um, was the life of the party. Because I had heard that you can get into clubs for free, but you just need to find a a promoter. And I had always wanted to be that guy in high school who, who had like, you were the life of the party and I became that guy. So it's so interesting that you're talking about how travel is just allows you to kind of, I guess, bring out a part of you that you've been suppressing. Totally brings out any, it, it just newness in general. Right. And so I always encourage my travelers at the beginning of the trip to like pay attention throughout the week or however long we're together of um, things that come up for you, whether, whether it's like you react a different way than you usually would and you love it. Mm-hmm. Um, put that in your backpack, take it home with you. Right. Wow. Yeah. You can do that. Yeah. Or if you showed up in a way that, that you didn't love, like you had a reaction that maybe you're like, Oh God, didn't like the way that looked. Yeah. Um, leave it, leave it on the mountain, leave it wherever we are. That's cool. You have the option to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it just, it creates this really beautiful opportunity to, um, be whoever you want to be. So what kind of like activities do you do on, on your, your experiences? Cause they seem so, it seems so like, uh, like you, 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 you describe it as like people just have to come and they just have to come and you, you, you everything's yeah. already taken care of. Like all the experiences yeah. they're going to, they're going to have, what kind of experiences do you have to help them transform? Yeah. So it's a solid mixture of like adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether that's getting up at two 30 in the morning to oh, wow. hike an active volcano for sunrise in Bali or, um, follow a random stranger through the jungle that we met a couple of hours prior to this hidden waterfall that only the locals know about. And we had it all to ourselves. Um, wow. Or, I mean, yeah. So adventure, whitewater rafting, um, like different tours, like culturally immersive experiences. Um, I'll refer back to Bali again. Uh, we purposefully plan our trips there around, um, like celebrations and rituals and festivals mm. is they're very culturally rich in that regard. They're constantly celebrating everything. They have festivals and celebrations for everything. Um, literally even their cars, they have a day. Um, I think it's every six months where they celebrate their cars or um, any kind of machine that helps them in their daily lives. Wow! Um, they wow. have a day where they celebrate animals. There will literally be a full on festival 
like where they create, like they make these ornate little ornaments and things that they like place on the dogs. Oh my God. Right. They celebrate. It's like talk about gratitude being the key to like this existence being whatever you want it to be. Like they embody that fully. Um, So I usually try to plan our trips around when those kinds of things will be happening so that people can. Wow. That's amazing. Partake in them. Yeah. Um, So things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but also we have like daily yoga or movement of some sort, breath work, um, different workshops, which is what my partner, my business partner does, yeah. uh, Danielle Bryan. She's an incredible teacher and facilitator. It's totally her gift and what she needs to be doing in this world. She's amazing. Um, wow. yeah. And then like connective activities, um, because most of our travelers are solo travel travelers. We'll have some people that come in groups of like two or three friends, but mm-hmm. most people are, are showing up just as individuals. And so that's incredible. Like, a, you know, you're kind of recreating the, what I loved about the short study abroads that I went on. Cause it was a group of 30 of us. None of us knew each other, but throughout mm-hmm. those 30 days, you get to know each other. And similar, I'm sure you sleep and eat of like side by side of these people. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody gets so close, um, mm-hmm. which I, coming out of college, I was wondering, oh, how am I going to find this again? And, and you're doing it. That's, yeah. that's amazing. Why, um, how do you think it's, how is travel different for you? How have you seen travel impact people differently with like these retreats where people, where they meet a group of people and they all doing this, they're all doing the same thing, mm-hmm. you know, versus people who, um, people or yourself who, when you've just gone on your own, just to do stuff, have you seen a difference? Is there like a. For sure. I think there's a level of like relaxation that comes with doing something like this because you Mm -hmm. don't have to worry about anything. Right. And so there's, Mm -hmm. um, usually no anxiety or if, I mean, if a specific traveler happens to be an anxious type, um, it's usually far lessened. Um, but also on that note, just to sidetrack real quick. So I think another thing about the group travel experience and, and having a lot of the things taken care of for you is some of those people that would be super nervous and probably so nervous that they would not travel somewhere fully by themselves. Mm-hmm. This is like a stepping stone for them. Gotcha. So a lot of times, and this is what I experienced at under 30 experiences, because that's like a younger group, mm-hmm. um, like 21 to 35 is what we cater to. I still say we, they will forever be family under 30 experiences. <laughs> Um, so a lot of times that would be people's like stepping stone. So that was their first experience with quote unquote solo travel, although they're doing it within group. Mm. Um, but then that gave them the confidence to go do their own thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. And so, so that's one thing. Um, another is, I mean, there's something so beautiful and powerful about what happens. Um, when you're in a group setting, like just mm-hmm. energetically, if we want to talk like on a scientific level of like the power that's created within a group versus an individual, like sure as an individual, you can like meet people mm-hmm. randomly, which I personally love doing. Yeah. Um, but the energy that's created in this little pod over the course of even like three or four days is so powerful and beautiful and opens everyone up. Um, to just so much realness and rawness and vulnerability because you get to know these people on a very deep level. Um, whereas traveling individually, you may get that experience with like 
one or two people if you decide to like hang out consistently over the course of a couple of days, but it's going to be a lot harder to go that deeply that quickly if there's not like, if that's oh, not yeah. Yeah. It's like a, there, I mean, you could even see, see it in like a, a yoga class, the difference between doing yoga alone and doing a yoga with a group. Totally. I fully agree. Right. It's, there's this energy that kind of carries you that, you know, when, when you don't have the energy, other people have the energy and they kind of, you feed off that. And then if yeah. they don't have the energy, you have the energy and it's yeah. like, it's beautiful. I, I love groups and, and yes. the broad, I, I realize that um, it's all about the people for me. Like yes. really, it's not about where I go. It's about who I'm with while I'm out there. Yes. Cause I could be in the most uh, beautiful place in the world, but if I have no one to share that experience with, it's just another kind of thing that I can tell people about, but they're going to be like, that's cool. Like, you know, Instagram picture. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I, I want to know how did you get on this journey of traveling abroad? Oh man. Excellent <laughs> question. So, uh, I'll just tell you the whole story. How yes. Um, Okay. So I was actually, so straight out of college, I started working for Liberty Mutual Insurance, corporate America was doing the whole like hardcore hustle sales. Um, I did that for three years before transitioning into a field development role, which is more of like a trainer. And then I was um, over Texas, New Mexico and Hawaii. So I was going to Hawaii every few weeks. Uh Um, And that was amazing. And kind of was like, even though it's still part of the U S it's like opening me up more culturally. Right. Yeah. So I was also at the same time, a singer songwriter, and I was a worship leader at a church uh, for six years. So I grew up and I I don't mean, I'm just, I'm sharing my story Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, just for any listeners out there. Um, so I grew up super hard in like the Christian framework, Mm. uh, Methodist specifically. Um, and that carried through to my adult life. Like I said, I was a worship leader um, at 20. Okay. So let's see, I, I like checked all the boxes, right? I graduated early from college. I graduated at 21, mm. bought my first house at 23, oh, wow. was married wow. at 24. Um, at 28, I found myself sitting on the kitchen floor one night and was just like, why am I working this job that I don't, I don't love? Like, what does it mean? right? Like, what am I doing? I'm making money. Yeah. I get to go to Hawaii and that's dope. But like, what, what is it? There's gotta be more to this. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was like, God, okay. So it's to pay for all of this stuff. And I was like, why do I, why do I need this stuff? Like, why do I have this stuff? Is it for me or is it for other people? Like to impress these friends. And I'm like, why are these people even my friends? Is this just, these are the people that I knew from college. And like, do I, do I even actually like them? Wow. And I was like, oh my God, do I even like my, do I even like my husband? I was like, oh no. Like <laughs> my whole world just like unraveled in a matter of moments of me starting to oh, ask wow. myself deep questions, which is very one simple one, which is why. Yeah. Why, why am I working this job? Why am I doing this? Why am I doing that? And I couldn't answer any of them with a good reason. And I was like, okay, okay, huh what do we do from here? I either like smoke a bowl and go to bed and like forget I had this conversation with myself or uh, I got to do something, right? Yeah. What I found throughout my life is when you have these 
like deeply like real and raw moments, the universe, God, source, whatever energy, I don't care like how you label it, um, responds. Mm. So when you have these deep moments of truth, the universe responds. So I know that I was heard because after that moment, over the course of the next year, if there was ever something that I wasn't brave enough to leave, it was like the universe plucked it from my grasp. It was like, oh my God, you're taking so long. Like, let me just move that and push you along. Like, come on, girl, what are you doing? Go, go. go, go. <laughs> wow. Um, so yeah, over the next year and a half, I, I left all of it. And the job was the last thing. Um, because again, I was going to Hawaii. Like who leaves that, right? Yeah. Like, um, but there was a reorg that happened and I had the opportunity to leave with severance if I should so wish. Um, and so if I did not apply an interview for one of the new positions, I could walk with severance. And I had been there for eight years at that point. And so I had the opportunity to leave and still get paid for the next eight months as though I was still working. Oh my God. Right. And so I was like, <laughs> okay, this is literally what I've asked for on a silver platter. I, yeah. I have to, this is the move. I don't like security is irrelevant at this point. I'm literally being given what I asked for. And so now I'm freshly divorced. Um, I have no ties because I moved back in with my mom for a little bit. Uh-huh. And now I had no ties for job. I had no excuse to not travel. I was doing music more full-time at this point. And my drummer, uh, we would have rehearsals at his house and his sister-in-law was always gone traveling all over the world. But when she was in town, she would stay at their house. And we were having a rehearsal and her name was Courtney. She came in and She's like, yeah, I can't really sleep. She's like, I just got back from Iceland. And I'm like, dude, what is your life? Like, what is your, what are you, what are you doing? And uh, she worked, she was a trip leader for this company called Under 30 Experiences. And I was like, that sounds dope. So fast forward to the day that Severance got deposited into my account. I hop on the Under 30 Experiences website and book a trip to Bali and book a trip to Iceland because I wanted to get as far out of my comfort zone as possible in both directions. Wow. And so that's what I did. So I went to Bali and it changed everything for me. Everything. Um, I found myself immersed in this culture that couldn't, that that had a religious framework that couldn't have been more different than my own. Mm. And yet these people were incredible. Like the most loving, caring, open, um, group of people and they were very communal. They're very, very communal cultural, like everything is done together. So when there's a wedding, it's not like the parents of the bride pay for it. The whole community comes together to make the food, to make all of the decorations. Everything is done as a group. And I was just like, God, like, because what my religion taught me was that these people didn't believe the same thing that I did. And therefore we weren't going to the same place Mm. once we expire. And after experiencing that and being so deep in it, I was like that something that hadn't always set right with me anyway, now no longer felt even remotely like truth to me. And so after I came back from Bali, um, I was up on stage the next Sunday and was just like, I, I, I don't, I, I can't be up here. Wow. Um, and that's when I kind of realized the truth, whatever that means um, is the most important thing for me. And I refuse to profess something that I don't fully embody and believe. Right. So, Mm. um, 
So that's what Bali did for me. It like kind of broke me out of this, like I'll call it a box that I had been in for my whole life. Um, broke me out of that and started me down this whole other journey of growth and, and spirituality. Wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then Iceland. So I go to Iceland a couple months later, which just like adventure Lindsay just like came out in full force, just like climbing all the mountains, doing all the things like kind of breaking away from the group. <laughs> I would get in trouble if I asked to go do what I was doing. So I just like, wouldn't ask and just like wait until everybody rounded a corner on a high road, just like scale the mountain. <laughs> and so I got back from that trip and was like, all I want to do is travel, connect with people. Cause I've met some of my like best friends still to this day on these trips, mm-hmm. connect with people hang off the side of mountains and like document it and write about it and live. That's what I want to do. But like, that's not a job. Right. And so I literally (laughs) said these words out loud when I got home from that trip and then I laughed about it. So I again had this moment of like deep intention that I spoke and then just kind of like, let it be what it is. And so what I did know that I could do about that was um, start kind of building my life a bit more intentionally to be able to at least work remote. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was also, I was like teaching some fitness classes at the time. And I was like, you know, why don't I go ahead and get certified um, and run fitness retreats? So this was in early 2017. Um, and so I did that, started my own LLC and I called the co-founders of under 30 experiences to kind of pick their brains about like what I would be getting into And they were like, you know, we were thinking about piloting something like this to where we run like the logistics and all the operations for facilitators. So why don't we pilot it with you? I was like, that's amazing. Are you kidding me? Yes. So I just get to show up and facilitate and like run these workouts, but they do everything else. So we did that. I started bringing on a lot of other brands and clients to them just through word of mouth. And they're like, man, we wish that we bring you on, but all we're hiring for right now is on the under 30 experiences side. It's a marketing position. And they knew me as a coach and a singer songwriter. They had Mm -hmm. no idea about my business background in marketing. And I was like, guys, that's, (laughs) that's why I am. (laughs) (laughs) So that happened by sheer accident. So literally a year later, after I had spoken this intention, after getting back from Iceland, this was only one year. I found myself working for the company that changed my life. Wow. And how did, how did that company change your life? Um, so under 30 experiences Mm -hmm. is, I mean, that they took me on my two first travel experiences. Right. Uh Um, and so then through working for them, so I started marketing, I worked for a couple of months, um, before they had, Oh, actually this is before I even officially started the marketing position. I was on a road trip with a friend. We were camping. We went from LA to Denver and camped everywhere. And, um, I got a call from them. They were like, Hey, we know that you weren't supposed to start until August. Like we just had to fire the guy that was supposed to lead our Bali trips. We know you've been on that trip. You know, the itinerary, we know it was transformative for you. Is there any way you'd be interested in like leading it? I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I'll fly out of Denver tomorrow. Let's go. So that was my introduction to working for them. I actually spent a month that summer living in Bali, um, running those trips. Wow. Oh, my God. Isn't that crazy? That's so crazy. I know. I know. (laughs) It's so fun telling the story because I forget. I forget to look back and connect all these dots. Um, so yeah, so after I got back, I, I worked 
for them in marketing for about six months. So running the blog, um, so writing for the blog, editing for the blog, um, like running social media, doing some strategy around that. And then the CEO called me one day. I was like, Hey, uh, we're kind of low staffed in Europe. Uh, is there any way you down <laughs> to like go trips for three months? I was like, done because I was the only unmarried one with like no kids or like ties again oh, so so then what was supposed to be three months turned into like seven almost eight so I spent a lot of time in Europe and then oh Southeast God. Asia so bouncing between like Ireland Italy France and Spain were my main four in Europe and then back and forth between Bali and Thailand for the next three or four that's that's an incredible story like that's I love how they ask you do you mind and yeah, I guess like, I'm just thinking about it from my perspective because you're right. Like I don't have like anything holding me down and I'd be like, yes, let's go. What are we doing? Right. Why, why are you asking me like that? Let's go. <laughs> exactly. Right. Um, so I wasn't getting paid shit, uh, wow. but that was, oh, that was okay. You know, uh-huh. um, so that was 2018. Pay you only for th- through like the trip? Like they would pay for your stuff or? Um, like I, I was still salaried. Uh, technically, but it wasn't much of one, um, which was okay. My rent wasn't outrageous here in Austin by any Mm. means. Um, I didn't have a car payment at the time, so I could, I can do it. Yeah. Um, and it was worth every penny and I would do it again in a heartbeat. Um, so after I got back from that trip, I worked for under 30 experiences for about another year. Um, I was offered the position of uh, director of communication. So then was handling a lot of our marketing, uh, PR, networking, running all of our community programs. So we had 40 community managers around the States um, and I was running that program and I wasn't like getting to necessarily travel and connect so much anymore. I was getting to do these pop-up events around the States, but I wasn't getting to do the part that I really love. Which was anymore. the travel, right? The, like, yeah. And the stuff. connecting with the, the people. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, So it was September, 2019, where I was just like, you know, there's something that's not feeling fully aligned for me here anymore. And I couldn't make sense of it because I mean, not only did this company change my life um, before I started working for them, but continued to like launch me into growth while I worked for them. And I was so passionate about the mission and everything we stood for that it was hard for me to make sense of this, like, like just like deep intuitive feeling that I was having. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the day that I made the decision that I was going to like start looking for something else, um, a position popped up out of the blue, like literally fell in my lap. It was from a friend of mine. It was a tech, it was a technical writing position in the tech world. And I'm just like, ew, <laughs> that sounds awful. <laughs> All the ways. Um, but there was something that was pushing me toward it. And over time, that position morphed into more of like a content strategy, like digital marketing management type role. And I was like, this sounds really uncomfortable for me. And I don't feel like I am qualified for this, but I feel like I'm supposed to march toward it. So let's just see what happens. Um, Mm. so long story short, I ended up getting offered the position in January of 2020. Um, and I was adamant about not starting until March because I wanted two months to be able to like fully transition out of under 30 experiences because it's family. They will be family until the day I die. 
Um, I wanted to make sure that everything was going to transition seamlessly. So whether that was me and I wore so many hats, I did things that other people didn't know how they were Mm. done. So I just wanted to make sure that everything was taken care of before I left. So I officially start this new position. I started on March 2nd, 2020. Wow. We all know what happens about a week after that COVID hits, right? Yeah. Two weeks after that under 30 experiences had to let go like 98% of the staff. Oh my God. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it was at that point that I was like, Oh, Oh, okay. Now I see why I was having this feeling so strongly. Hmm. Um, that it was time to move. And so, yeah, so all of 2020, I've been working in this, in this marketing position, um, in the tech world, which for the first eight months was such a struggle for me because I had lived, I had, I had somehow managed to align my purpose with my vocation, Mm -hmm. uh, at under 30 experiences and having experienced that and moving in toward, something to where I couldn't find like purpose Yeah, um, was about as close to death as I can imagine just for my personality type, like doing something day in and day out that didn't hold meaning was treacherous for me. Um, so I had, I had a really dark period. Um, mm. And then kind of decided to try switching my mindset around it. Um, and being like grateful for where I am, knowing that I was there for a reason that it was carrying me through to the next thing. It's just really hard to maintain that mindset when you can't see what the next thing is yet. Right. Mm, um, yeah. Shit is hard. It's dark. It's ugly. It's raw. That's real humaning. And I know we've all experienced it. Um, but it was really, really, really hard for me. And I tried like, yeah, just coming at things a little bit differently, being grateful for where I was like started like my gratitude journal up again in the mornings and was constantly writing. Like I'm grateful for my job. I'm grateful for shelter. I'm grateful, you know, that I'm now more financially stable, like things that I didn't really care about, but like I I needed to be grateful for them. Mm -hmm. And on a whim one night. (laughs) Okay. So before I went to bed one night, I just like asked, like, I guess essentially prayed, um, for guidance on next steps Mm -hmm. to whomever guides, God, whatever, and whoever's listening. I just, I need it. I need help. Um, show me something. And so that was at midnight. I had taken two melatonin and a sleep aid. Cause I just, it was like a Friday night and I just wanted to sleep. I just wanted to sleep. I've been stressed. I've been so stressed out. And the importance of that little detail is that I woke up at three o'clock in the morning with like massive amounts of clarity. Um, that same. Like, yeah. That you same, only slept like three night. hours. Yeah. Wow. Three hours after taking <laughs> all of that. I woke up and it was just like, I grabbed my phone to see what time it was. I was like, Oh great. It's only been like three hours. And by stupid default, um, my, I go to Facebook or like some social media, but it was Facebook this time. And I had just made this new friend and her story was the first thing to come up on my feed. So I click on it and it's about this retreat that was being held in Sedona, um, November 5th through 7th. And I was like, that's interesting. And it's called remembering the remembering retreat. So remembering your purpose Mm -hmm. essentially. 
And it just so happens that that was the one weekend that I had had saved for months because I knew I was going to fly somewhere. And I thought that it was going to be to go what? somewhere. <laughs> so I see this and I'm just like, okay, that's like too far aligned. And like I asked this <laughs> last night, so I'm going to listen. And maybe this is crazy. I don't know. Or maybe it's an answer to my question that I asked, you know? <laughs> and so I decide to go on a total whim. And uh, so I go to this retreat in Sedona and I meet... Um, Daniel Bryan is one of the facilitators and, and Ash Monocle is the other facilitator, the, the girl that I had just met. We didn't know each other very well yet. And by the end of this week, like they heard my story, they knew that I had spent time working in international travel. And Danielle at the end of the week was like, what would it look like to take this retreat internationally? And I was like, you know, I can do that. Right. <laughs> like we can absolutely do that. Do, is this something you're down for? Cause I, totally in. Um, and so long story short, over the next couple of months, we just collabed on this idea and I created the medicine connective LLC, which essentially combines everything that I did at under 30 experiences with the extra intention on top. So the meditation, wow. the breath work, the facilitated workshops that Danielle brings to the table. And so it's like an enmeshment of both of our passions mm-hmm. and yeah. So we created this, it all just kind of flowed so seamlessly. And here we are. That was just in November, uh, March. We just ran our first trip to Costa Rica. We're running two more in Bali in July. have two more in November in Costa Rica. And then 2022, we have like a packed calendar. So. Oh my God. That's incredible. And now this is what you're doing now right full-time or are you still not full-time I'm still I'm gonna hang on to this other job for as long as I can manage both because I, I work mm-hmm. the other job I work fully remotely um, I'm loving what I'm doing now I've actually like shifted positions a bit and I'm more in an operational role gotcha. um and I have so much freedom and so yeah. it's, it's what that's done so for the longest time I was like you know, fuck corporate America, which I'm still, I'm not saying I'm not saying that, but like, you know, fuck security, just leap off the mountain and follow your dreams, which like still do that. Yeah. And it's also okay to have both because what that security has allowed me to do is create this new thing purely because I'm not depending on that for my financial stability. So that's allowed me to, um, keep it fully pure. So if you feel called to come on one of our trips, come on. It doesn't make a difference to me whether or not you go from a financial perspective. Mm. The only thing I care about is the right people who feel called to these trips showing up so we can go in and do the work. At the end of the day, that is what matters. That is what I'm here for. Um, So I will continue to balance the two of those for as long as I can until I get that inner, like knowing um, that it's time to, to leap into it full time. Wow. It's, uh, you know, that's where I'm at right now where I'm like, I've under, I, there's, there's a lot of power in like the, the stability part, like, you know, cause I was a little bit right out of college kind of like, yeah, just startups. I just want startups. I just want to do like, uh, like my own thing. And and like, but um, I'm starting to realize, well, I've always wanted the security, right? And But I've always wanted to figure out how to do it on my own. And But I'm also beginning to realize that perhaps it's 
it's not a bad thing to, to have a remote job or any sort of job as you get your feet up. It's just that I was so against that in the beginning, but right. I, I, I've changed my mind because I, I realized right. I was wrong. I was wrong that I went down this path and I was wrong. Well, it's the world of and, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's, we can do all of the things. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Yeah. Um, it can be like more heavily one than the other for a while. And then it shifts and ebbs and flows and that's okay. Like we don't yeah. have to work and like try so hard to get out of something. Um, until it's time. And I feel like if, if, if we get super in tune to these little things that are inherently built into our bodies, like to guide us to truth, instead of like over like thinking everything, which is what we just do as very mm-hmm. mental species, um, we're guided. Like we will know when the moment is to make that shift. And if we don't know, the universe typically does a great job of like doing it for you. It's like, oh, you won't leave your job here. I'll just take it from you. Now go. <laughs> um, the, all these, your entire story is incredible. And through it all, you you did a lot of scary things. Like, you know, leaving this whole, um, what I assume a lot of people around you was telling you like, perfect life or like you've got it you just keep going right but internally you knew no this isn't what i want for me how did you find the bravery to like take the leap how did you what how did you do it because i think a lot of people including myself get stuck in the i mean it's just the first step for me that is really hard sometimes uh, in the past and i'm wondering how you took that first step i'm interested in the first step how did like you, cause after that, I feel like the ball gets rolling. I feel like the first step is, and it sounds dumb, but the first step is really having that, that deeply authentic conversation with yourself, mm. like going through the whys. Um, because for me, it was imagining myself in the same position 20 years down the road mm. in the same marriage with the same people, with the same job. And I was like, is that, is that what I want to do with the next 20 years of my life? Yeah. Absolutely not. Are you kidding me? No way. And it was like, once you have that realization, it makes everything else a little bit easier. So I swear all it takes is like being open to something different for the breadcrumbs to start to drop. We'll use that analogy. So once you're like, once you realize that you want or you desire um, something different, it's not always about like actively taking a step as much as it is like, actively keeping your eyes open for these little breadcrumbs that will start to be dropped in your path, Mm. whether it's through conversation, whether it's through something you read, um, like opportunities begin to pop up. And so really it's less about us just like constantly charging forward and making our own things happen, which is what we've been very, very heavily conditioned to leave um, as it is getting in full alignment with what it is we desire and then like kind of opening up to the opportunities. They kind of, they flow in, they flow in fully. We just have to have our eyes open. And for you, what does that mean? Opening up? Like, how does that translate to like everyday life? Oh man. So many ways. God. Okay. I'll use this example. So once I decided to try not hating my job, my current job, that I, when I say I hated it, man, it was awful. I was interviewing for other positions. I was like so ready to get out. Yeah. Um, you were so like against what 
you had already. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was in no way grateful for what I had. I was not wanting to like take the, like soak the lessons in from where mm-hmm. I was. Um, and I had a, I had a, I had a really hard time with who was essentially my boss. Um, and I decided one day to go into a meeting with her, not assuming that it was going to have a negative outcome. Because by going into this meeting, assuming that every, every outcome is going to be negative, because that's what I had experienced every time it was like, I was just getting just drilled. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to try something different because by going into this, assuming a negative outcome, that's what's going to happen. I'm not even leaving an open door for something different. Mm. So I went into it with a different mindset and lo and behold, if that wasn't the first time that we had like a successful collaborative meeting. And I was like, I came out of it and I was like, was it me the whole time? Like, <laughs> was I blocking my own shit the whole time? And then I really realized how powerful we are if we remain open mm. to any outcome. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's, so. that's, uh, I think that's the, that's so true. And, and I, you know, for me, I'm, I'm learning a lot right now because I, I see some ways where I'm like not open where I'm resisting, you know, what is right now. And I'm like, no, this isn't how it's supposed to be. This isn't how it's supposed to be. And, and so I, I can see how I can apply this quick and in, in, to my life already. I wanted to ask what advice do you have for like, let's say young 20 year olds, perhaps myself <laughs> who you know, they've had travel experiences already. We'll use that. Like people who have already have travel experiences like in college and they come out of college and they want to keep traveling and make it somehow a career. Cause you know, it's it, it, like, like you said in your story, it's, you kind of laugh at it. Like that's not a career. Can I travel and like, you know, be with people. But I, I think I've through this podcast, I've met a lot of people who have kind of built, they're building careers around travel or and, and I want to ask you, what advice do you have for those people? How do you get started in international travel or making a career while you're traveling? Well, guys, the kicker right now is that you've never been better positioned to do something like this than now. So COVID has been a total fucking blessing um, for people that are like just entering the work field because everything's remote. Everything's remote. Yeah. And really, that's all you need. It doesn't matter what you're doing as long as you get to travel. Because yeah. Like the experiences that come with it don't necessarily come from that being your vocation, right? Mm. As long as you are able to be remote and travel, then you're able to have those experiences. Um, So just placing yourself in a position to be able to work remotely and have flexibility within your schedule so Mm. that you can kind of build your day in whatever way works best for you. If you're the type that loves to get up early in the morning and go for sunrise hikes, and maybe you don't want to start your day until... 10, 11 a.m., do that. Or if it's vice versa, you want to be done with your day by 2 p.m. so you can go enjoy your evening and wherever you are, uh, do that. And so like purposefully designing your career or job, however you want to refer to it, um, with those things in mind is really all you need, truly. Mm-hmm. And we are like so well positioned for that right now. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. Um, yeah, with this, I mean, it's the the whole like premise of of um, Tim Ferriss's the four hour work week, right? It was like get a remote job, and then you can go 
abroad. And like right now it's like everyone has remote jobs. <laughs> um, we've all been stuck here. Yeah. yeah. The kicker is we actually, I'm just going to say this a little louder. We actually can go <laughs> like we've been, there's so much fear around everything that mm. I think we've thought that we have been more locked in than what we actually are. Mm. You can go. It's as yeah. simple as like, I mean, obviously be cautious, be responsible, all of those things. I'm not discounting any of that. Um, but you can still travel. Like I said, yeah. just get back from Costa Rica, heading to Bali in a couple months. Like it's places are opening back up. As long as you do it safely. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you, did you, why did you not study abroad in college? Or I don't know if you did. I didn't. Isn't that crazy? And yeah. I so it's... wish I would have. Um, college was honestly a blur for me, not in all the ways, but uh, <laughs> so I, I like sped in and out. I finished in three years because um, I came in with a ton of credits. I went to summer school every summer. I grew up in a really small town. I didn't want to go home during the summers. So mm. the only way I could justify not going home is if I went to school. Gotcha. So it was like, I, I literally turned 21 two months before I graduated. Wow. Yeah. You were so and young. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It all just kind of like flew by. And so I think had I taken my time mm-hmm. with school, I, I absolutely would have traveled abroad. Did you, did you consider it or no? It wasn't even a consideration because you were so focused on like going, getting, graduating early. I think I, I know that it's something that crossed my mind. And I just didn't do it because I think I found out that I could graduate in like one more semester if I just kept plowing through. Yeah. Do you think of, what do you think, who do you think should study abroad? Like when college students? Everyone. <laughs> uh, there is no exception to that rule. And and like for you, I was, I was going to ask you, how do you choose a country? Because like, um, I know the way I choose a country is basically based on my likes of, if I want to learn a skill, like uh, that's why I kind of went to Thailand. I was like, okay, they got Muay Thai. I'm going to go do a bunch of Muay Thai. Yes. So fun. <laughs> and uh, uh, just a little thing like that. Cause you got, there's so many things to consider. How do you choose a country when you go? Sure. I think, I mean, for my first couple of considerations, it was literally me looking at the under 30 experiences website and being like, that looks uncomfortable and out of my comfort zone. That looks uncomfortable and out of my comfort zone. Those that's how I selected. Yeah. Um, It's like two completely different environments. Um, but I think using a route like yours makes more sense. Um, but also just like feeling. So if you just start Googling and like, see, see what happens, see where it goes, or start asking people that you know that have traveled about where some of their favorite places are. Um, and it's so, it's so relative to the individual, right? Like, Mm -hmm not everyone wants to go be in the wilderness and be lost in the jungle barefoot. Like that's my jam. That's not what everybody loves to do. So maybe I wouldn't recommend some of the other places I love, you know? No. Yeah. I definitely am more on the adventurous side as well. So it's like the more different I can get from this culture, the more I want to go. And it's like, I would also say, like you said, getting out of your comfort zone. I know for a lot of people, it's not their default but I just think you learn so much more when you have nothing of comfort to like uh, fall back on when you can't hide you're forced like in China. I had to squat to, to, to take a yeah, shit. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's like, actually the most effective way anyway, which you learn after you experience. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they create doing like, it wrong. 
<laughs> they even create like uh, items here in the United States for like our toilets to like get your mm-hmm. knees up higher. Squatty potty. Yeah, th- there you go. That's oh. what it's called. Um, but you know, the, those experiences, you, you're like, at first you're like, no, 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 I can't do this. I can't do this. And there's no other option. And you're like, after you do it, you're like, ah, it wasn't that bad. What was I scared about? And yeah, like, that was actually the most efficient process <laughs> of your experience. Wow. And, and yep. that, but this like leads to other parts of your life of like, you begin to wonder what else am I saying? No, 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 I can't do that. But yeah. I just haven't tried. Um, totally. I, and you know, I was having, you're talking a lot about religion and I had a very interesting experience. I grew up Catholic and I have very interesting experience in Thailand talking to my friends. We were just talking about religion. They were, uh, grew up Buddhist and, mm-hmm. and they were asking me kind of like, Caesar, why do you, why do you guys eat those little crackers? <laughs> the little white crackers. And I thought that was such a, an, a funny question, but they told me a quote that they said, because I asked them, why is there so many like openly gay and transgender people? Not that I mean, that's just awesome, but it's just so, there's so much more than the United States. And he said, well, man, in in like elementary school, we really don't make fun of people for it, for like sexuality. And I asked him like, why? He's like, well, it's because like the Buddha teaches you don't judge anything until you try it for yourself. And then that's what he told me. I don't know if that, I haven't checked it, but that stuck with me. I was like, wow, that was really deep don't judge anything until you try it for yourself and it goes to like a lot of things in my life that i say no to and i'm sure you've experienced that as well but i just wanted to mention that quote fully there's so many beautiful teachings that come out of buddhist traditions and cultures so many oh yeah what um what else has travel taught you about your fears oh my god so much um Honestly, I think one of the biggest takeaways over the years is the difference between fear and danger. Mm. Because fear is not real. Fear is not real. Fear is not a real thing. Fear is not hurting us. Fear is a feeling, right? Yeah. Fear is an emotion. That is something that we create. Danger, danger is real. Mm. We sit back and look at how much time we spend in fear versus how much time we are actually experiencing danger. The danger part is typically minimal, but we spend so much time living in this fear. It's not even real. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's helped me fear far less. (laughs) I have very little fear in my life anymore. Um, I think when we, when we start breaking fear down, like, what is it about this that scares you? What is it about that that scares you? Um, a lot of times that comes down to a couple of principal pieces. It's pain, change, mm. and death. Wow. Right? Yeah. And I'm now at the point where, like, I'm not scared of death because my outlook on what it actually means and represents and what happens is completely shifted. Right? And so if that is the main core thing at the bottom of every fear for me, um, and I no longer fear that, then what else is there left to fear? Right. It allows you to just live so much more fully. You're not bogged down by that fear. That's, uh, that's, that's so amazing. I'm going to (laughs) start telling. We can can unpack that one in another podcast. (laughs) Yeah. 
Um, yeah, we're, we're just about out of time. And I was just going to ask you one last quick question. Yeah. Um, if you could write or give a message to all the first time travelers, like if you could write it on their boarding pass, what would you send them off with? Mm. Do it anyway. Mm. Do it anyway. All the reasons that you're coming up with to not do it, whatever that is, whether it's taking the trip, whether it's doing something on the trip, um, whatever those things are, do it anyway. Wow. Awesome. Powerful. Lindsay, thank you so much. Um, if people want to reach out to you, they can find you at, they can find your work at themedicineconnective.com. And um, your Instagram is D- Dukes Lindsay. Yep. Got real creative with that name there. Last name, first name. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And I'm sure, I mean, I learned so much. I know a lot of people are going to learn so much from you and you're such an interesting person. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Feel free to reach out whenever I love, I love connecting. So if if these are conversations that you want to extend you or anyone else listening, um, hit me up. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. There to everybody listening. Uh, thanks for listening. Hey there. If you enjoyed this episode, well, green light new episodes of the dose of caesar come out every week so make sure to follow and subscribe on whatever platform you get your podcasts if you feel that more people should listen to this podcast and share this episode with your tribe if you want to connect with me or if you just want some extra doses of cesar of caesar of cesarine bingui then you can sign up for my free weekly email newsletter called the caesar encyclopedia where i share what i learn every week or you can reach out to me on Instagram at the dose of Caesar. We'll see you next time.